families was all God's design. Man, he delighted. He delighted the way he created, you know, husband and wife and the children and the families. And it's just, it's just his design. Well, <clears throat> I'm going to continue on with this series on the church. And, um, well, Mike, why don't you just talk about Jesus? Well, we are his body here on earth. <laughs> you know, so I'm going to talk about us again uh, this week. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about the church again next week, too. I, I won't talk too long. I know there's a Super Bowl. I understand that. I'll use wisdom. <clears throat> but Jesus loves his church. He really does. He loves his church. And he loves it when his church loves each other. He loves it when his kids love each other. Don't, don't you like that in your family? When your kids love each other? Oh, it's awesome. Jesus loves his church. So we're going to look at the church and um, let me get a little bit organized here. A couple weeks ago, we talked about the church being God's household. You know, it's his household, it's the church of the living God, and we talked about it being the pillar and foundation of the truth, which was just a powerful scripture. And then last week, you know, I talked about how the church is like a tennis match, you know. Unless you serve, nothing happens. It's really quite boring, but Jesus came to serve. He taught his disciples to serve. He's teaching us today to serve. And today I want to talk about how you need his church, and his church needs you. And obviously, I better bring scriptures up. So I'm going to be in Ephesians chapter 4. That's where I was last week. And uh, we'll do a little, you know, back up a little bit, go over some verses that I've already gone over. <clears throat> but the first point is you need his church. And I'm not saying that because I'm a pastor. You know, you need his church. Over the years of Lori and I being in ministry, man, uh, every time we see someone that kind of gets out of church, it's just never been a very good thing. You know, and we don't know the whole stories behind everything, but still, it's just, it's, it's not been good. We need, we need his church. So, Ephesians 4, starting with verse 11. It was he, Christ, who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers, to prepare God's people for works of service. And we talked about that last week, so I won't you know, go over that anymore. And then it goes on to say this, so that the body of Christ may be built up. See, the, the church is where people are prepared for works of service, Equipped for works of ministry. And there's other areas. I mean, I went on to Bible college, and there was more equipping there. But let me tell you, the, the local church, it all starts there. It all starts there. And, and, so, and you're prepared for works of service. And it's where Christ's body is built up, which is really important. Now, this next thing is, is really critical in what I'm going to be saying today. Being built up is something we do together. We think way too individualistic 
And, and maybe that's just from being Americans. I don't, I don't know. But as we go through these passages, there's not an individual uh, focus. It's we, us, together. See, growing up in maturity, the body being built up, that is a together thing, not an individual thing. Is it, Christians, it's not like a game of solitaire. How many of you guys like solitaire? All right. Okay. Let me ask this. How many of you cheat at solitaire? <laughs> About half of you. Okay. <laughs> I just thought I'd ask. I was curious. But solitaire is a game you can play all by yourself. You know, it can be fun. But church isn't anything like solitaire. It's a group activity. It is a team activity. And we're going to look at the verses following. So we read verse 11 and verse 12 to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. Verse 13, until we all reach unity. There's that together thing. Until we all, it doesn't say until Pastor Mike reaches, you know, until we all reach unity. And then it lists some things that we'll be unified in. If, if we're really going to be part of God's plan, we have to be knit into his church. That's just part of his plan. For some people, it can be intimidating. You know, I mean, but that's okay. God will help. And he'll work on areas. I mean, I, I didn't like being around lots of people and stuff. But God, he, he just takes care of things. He heals things. He brings things together. Unity. It says, until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So the church, it's where, where Christ's body is built up. And how do you know if the body is being built up? How do you know if this is really happening? Well, it says there, we will reach unity in the faith. The people have come together. They're a family. They're following the Lord together. And there's a unity of faith that's developing. And it's not a, it's not a mentality of, you know, well, bless God. If you don't want to grow as fast as I want to grow, then I'm sorry, but I'm moving on. No, there's a unity of faith. There's a unity of faith. God's great plan is not that Mike Pettijohn would grow in faith. That is not his great plan. He wants me to grow in faith. But his great plan is that we would all reach unity in the faith. And it says also that we would reach unity in the knowledge of the Son of God. The more we know Jesus, it unifies us. I mean, if you're thinking, I'm getting to know Jesus more, and it's really, I'm seeing all these problems in you. No, you're really not getting to know Jesus more. Okay? There's a unifying, growing in our knowledge of him, knowing him. That happens in a local church. And um, sometimes things happen in church. Churches aren't perfect. Did you notice that? (laughs) And then there's that terrible saying, I don't know who came up with it first, but even if a church was perfect when you came, that all ended. Okay, so 
<laughs> I don't know who said that. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. Okay, but we're, I mean, we're just not perfect people. But we're his church. He loves his church. He wants us to be, come to this unity in the faith. This unity in our knowledge of the Son of God. Then it goes on to say, and become mature. What's maturity? It's just becoming more like Jesus in every area of our lives. It says, become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. You're just becoming more like him in wholeness. Maturity. And we do that together. It's easy, you know, when you're all by yourself, it's easy to get along. (laughs) Most of the time. (laughs) Maybe there's moments, (laughs) okay, but most of the time. (laughs) But when you get around all these other people from all these different backgrounds and all these different ways they were raised and all that stuff, then it's work to have unity. But that's the great plan of God. He takes all these people and he makes them one in Christ Jesus. So, you need his church. Okay? It's where you're, you're equipped to serve. It's where the body is built up. A, a third thing is, it's really where you're safer from deception. And that's important nowadays. I mean, it's always been important, but it's important nowadays. Let's go to verse 14. It says, then, it's talking about maturity, then we will no longer be infants, we'll no longer be babies, tossed back and forth by the waves, blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming. So, you know, Christ's church is not promoting the teachings of a person. And we're supposed to be following God's word. Okay, I mean, that is what we follow. Whether it was a thousand years ago or whether it's today, that is what we follow. And, and Christ's church is never meant to use cunning or craftiness or to manipulate people. That's not the way we are to function. Okay? No deceitful scheming, trying to get people to follow you or whatever. So, does this apply today? Oh, goodness. This community is, is filled with churches that their origins were the teachings of a man who manipulated the word of God and took people another direction. Now, there's, there's a lot of churches in this town like that, and they, are, they have sincere people, okay? We're not making anybody evil or anything like that. They can be sincerely following, but they are following something that a person came up with that deviates from the word of God, okay? So I'm not, you know, I'm not pointing fingers and not saying this is evil or that is evil, but that's just the truth. I can, you know, should I list some? I think I will, But again, there's not malice in my heart as I do this. It's just that the origins of these churches were from man. As man chose to deviate from what God's word said. Okay? Mormonism. A lot of good LDS people. Sincere. Kind. 
you know, I mean, but the origin of that was false. It's a different Jesus. Okay? So, we're not on this pointing out we're right, you're wrong thing. I mean, that's not what this is about. But Scripture just clearly says we're not going to be infants tossed back and forth by the waves. Some of these places were started by infants who embraced something that wasn't true. And now we've got generations that are in it. And it's sad. It's sad. Jehovah's Witness. I'm sorry, but they've deviated from the Word of God. They started changing what the Word of God said. And then Jesus is no longer the Son of God. And it's kind of a works thing. Scientology. I don't care how famous you are. It doesn't make it right. And I'm not making fun of anything, okay? I mean, I thank God that God got a hold of me because I could have been raised in who knows what. Okay, so I'm thankful. Baha'i, you know, Baha'i is just kind of like, hey, whatever, let's just do this together. You believe that, I believe that, you believe that, and eh, there's a lot of ways to God. Well, Jesus said, there's only one way. There's just one way. And it's through, you know, the only way to the Father is through the Son. That's, that's all. Islam. Well, it's almost kind of scary to say that if it's being recorded. To, <laughs> Listen. The God of Islam and the God of our scriptures, they are not the same God. They're not. Do I make fun? No. Do I demean? No. But, but Muhammad got some revelation that contradicts the word of God. And he went with it. And now we have masses and millions and millions of people that are in it. What's the point of this? Being in God's church will help people from being deceived. You get off by yourself. And, you know, I mean, you just got to be careful. You just need to be careful. Jesus is our Savior. I understand that. But you know what? He uses his church. He uses his church. When I was a new Christian, you know, I was 18 when I became a Christian, knew nothing. Nothing. Never read the Bible. Never been to church in my life. I went to weddings, but, you know, I never heard the gospel in a wedding. Not, none of them that I went to anyway. So I, nothing, I knew nothing. I knew nothing. And let me tell you, even as a, a new Christian, if somebody came along who kind of seemed like they had spiritual understanding and, a, and authority and so on, I would probably just kind of gulp down whatever they said. Because I was a baby. And I could be tossed back and forth. I could be tossed around. But thank the Lord, God got me into a church that was very solid. And that was huge. And he got, and, and some of these people, they gathered around me, and you know, they, oh, cute little baby Christian. They just thought I was cute. And, uh, but they kind of took me under wing and just helped me, encouraged me. We need his church. We need his church. The second point, Christ is the head of the church. 
Yes, there's pastors. Yes, there's you know, whatever. But Christ is the head of his church. Let's just go to the next verse, verse 15. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head. That is Christ. So, instead, instead of what? Instead of the previous verse that talked about the the craftiness and the deception and the, the stuff of man, that's what it says. Instead of that route, speaking the truth in love. See, in his church, in Christ's church, we speak the truth to one another. My opinion has no dominion. You don't need my opinion. Well, don't don't look so positive after I said that, okay? Okay. It's like, yes. You don't need my opinion. And in all honesty, concerning the things of God, I don't necessarily need your opinion either. We just need to know what the truth is. And that's in God's word. You and I, we read God's word because we want to know truth. We do not read God's word to prove what we want to believe. That's not good. We read God's word to find out what we believe. And if his word says something different than what you were thinking, then your thoughts have got to go and his word has to be embraced. We speak the truth to one another. We read God's word. I'm going to give you the word of God as much as I can on a Sunday morning. Some of you would say, yeah, maybe a little bit too long sometimes, but that's okay. I'm going to try to give you the word of God as best I can. That's one day out of seven. I pray you're getting into your Bible and reading and finding out what God is saying to you also. You know, I don't read my Bible just to get messages. That would drain me. I read my Bible to hear from God. And then I, you know, I want to give a word from the Lord too. So we speak the truth in, in love. In love. Have you ever spoken the truth in anger? <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate your honesty. You can speak the truth in anger and it's still the truth. But it's not God's way. You know? We speak the truth to one another in love. We care about each other. You know, if you see something, you can talk with me. If I see something, I can talk with you. But it's in love. It's not in just, you know, harshness and that sort of a thing. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we, there's that we again, we will in all things grow up see growing up is meant to be together and i know i'm saying i'm kind of repeating myself here but but that is a mentality we almost have to kind of fight against all the time because we can be very me and jesus me and jesus me and jesus well bless god i'll just jesus and i will go somewhere else no the plan of god is not just me and jesus it's Jesus and us. He called us into a family, right? We're called brothers and sisters, right? That's the plan of God. Growing up 
together. We help one another. We encourage one another. Scripture says we even put up with one another sometimes. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head. Jesus, oh, it's him. We're becoming more like him. We're following him together. We're serving him together. He's the head of his church. Well, the last point. First, you need his church. Secondly, Christ is the head of the church. We don't want to lose sight of that. But the third point is this. His church needs you. And I'm not just trying to be nice here. No. His church needs you. Every one of you. Verse 16. From him, from Christ... The whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Now, this was not an easy verse for me to study. You know, sometimes you come to verses where it's like, I'm not totally sure what all that means. And this is one of those verses, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you what I got, it's, <laughs> it's what I got right now, okay? If I need to put a disclaimer on it somewhere, I will, but I'll give you what I got. From him, Jesus is the source of all of this, okay? Listen, he's the author, he's the perfecter, he's the finisher, it's Jesus, okay? We know that. From him, the whole body, Again, the focus is not just individuals, although Jesus knows us individually. He cares about us individually. He works in our hearts individually. But he says, you're part of a family. And my goal is that together, together we will do this. From him, the whole body. Now here's the part that gets a little bit, okay, what does this really mean? Joined and held together by every supporting ligament. That's the NIV translation. I go to commentaries. I look at them. Do you know that commentaries don't always agree? (laughs) You read this one, it's like, this is what this means. And then you read this one, it says, this is what this means. And you put them together, and they're not saying the same thing. Okay, so sometimes you come across that. And I don't read the original Greek or Hebrew, so... Joined together, joined and held together by every supporting ligament. Now, I know what a ligament is. I looked it up, okay? You know, you got your ligaments and you got your tendons, and I keep forgetting which is which. But anyway, the ligament, it's a fibrous connective tissue that connects bones to other bones, okay? So ligaments, they connect bone to bone. That's what makes the knees work, okay? That's what makes ligaments are holding these things together, so they work. It says here, joined and held together by every supporting ligament. Now, this is where I'm at right now in my understanding of this verse. I think you and I are the supporting ligaments. Jesus, obviously, is the source and everything. But you and I, 
We have been knit together into Christ's body. We've been joined together. And those tendons, we're in this thing together and we support each other. Every supporting ligament. See, the church needs you. When I was a new Christian, I really didn't think I had much to offer to the church. You know, I kind of knew I needed the church because I didn't know anything. You know, so everything was new to me. If you've never gone to church, and then you start going to church, churches do funny things that you don't see anywhere else in society. (laughs) It wasn't an adventure for me starting to go to church. It's like passing plates around. What in the world is that? Anyway, I didn't really think I had much to offer the church, but I was a baby, and I didn't understand. I really did have things to offer the church, even as a brand new Christian. I came into this church with a lot of ignorance, but I also had a really fresh love for Jesus. And people who had been Christians for a long time, that just energizes them. You know, and then is this the zeal that I brought in? You know, I mean, we need one another. Whatever phase in your walk with Jesus, we need one another. We're knit together. Together the church grows and builds itself up in love. You want to grow? Get into a church body. Be committed. Don't get mad at people and leave quickly. And grow together. Amen? Amen. 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 Now, the... The fortunate thing is, is that in this church body, none of those things happen. We just are amazing. It's just easy to love around here. And, and, and all seriously, you guys are great. You, you are great. Give the credit to Jesus, but you're great. <clears throat> the last part of that verse says, so all of this knit together, supporting limits, grows, builds itself up in love. But look at the last part. As each part does its work. Man, there is a purpose for you in Christ's body. Next week, we're going to be talking about, in Scripture, it, it, it talks about giftings and abilities and things and how those are meant to be used, God's purpose in all of it. We're going to talk about that next week. Okay. But, but every part is needed. Now, let me finish with this illustration. Uh, I just really liked it. It's by Ron Bryce. He wrote this book, The Fingerprint of God. I assume he has a medical background because this is just an excerpt. And if he didn't have a medical background, this was wrong. But one day as I assisted a surgeon. So, I mean, it's got to be a medical background. (laughs) Right? All right. That's just an assumption. But it's like, and it gets, he had me reach into the patient's chest and turn his heart. Okay, I mean, seriously, it's got to be a medical person. One day as I assisted a surgeon, he had me reach into the patient's chest and turn his heart so he could work on it from a better angle. As I gingerly swiveled it, he asked, how does it feel to hold a man's beating heart in your hand? (laughs) I forgot what it said. Okay, in spite of our manipulations, the man's heart kept thumping. As billions of tiny heart cells communicated and coordinated their activities. The cells in your heart rhythmically contract in unity 
acting together to produce a heartbeat. If these living cells are separated from the heart in a test tube, they will instinctively continue beating, but not in coordination with each other. If the cells are brought back in contact with one another, the instant they touch, their contractions again become synchronized. That is the nature of heart cells. Individual heart cells cannot accomplish their God-given function alone. They can't do it alone. It's a God-given function, but they can't do it alone. They were designed to be one of many cells in one heart. While they serve a unique function in the body, they are not useful if they don't communicate and coordinate their efforts. If the members of an entire body don't communicate, life is not possible. A single heart cell working alone cannot pump blood to the body. Still doing its function, but it can't accomplish what it was meant to do. A single heart cell working alone cannot pump blood to the body, no matter how hard it tries. It needs the other cells to fulfill its purpose. To me, that's just a picture of the church. You know, it's as we're connected together that we really fulfill our function. It's not each of us individually just doing, you know, stuff, whatever. And Jesus, he loves his church. He washes his church. He's made his church perfect. He gave his life for the church. And then he brings us all together. And and he changes destinies as his church works together. Lives are changed. Destinies are changed. Nations are changed. As his church works together. Well, let's just do the outline. (coughs) Excuse me. You need his church. You do. You need his church. Christ is the head of the church. Yes, there's spiritual leadership. There's pastors. There's, you know, apostles, prophets. But Christ is the head of everything. He's the head. And third, his church needs you. I I really want you to get that point. You might not even know yet what your purpose is, but it is there. And as you settle into his church, God helps you to see, find, and, and put it into practice. Your church, Christ's church needs you. Now, how do I end this service? Well, let's just do a church membership and you can all join. No, we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. This really is a take-home message. I want you to take it home. I want you to just realize you're part, you're part of a beautiful plan. You're part of a beautiful plan. And I know sometimes we have spouses that come here and the other spouse doesn't come, and they, they may even be a Christian, but, man, I'm just praying that they'll catch it. They'll understand they need the church. They need the church, and the church needs them. And then we just want to be all those little individual heart cells that when we're beating together and we're bringing life. You know, there's not a limb that's dying because of a lack of circulation. We're all together, we're beating together, and it's producing life. Amen?
Amen. Amen. So I'm going to have the worship team come on up here. And we're going to end the service with worship. If you have any needs today, you may need prayer for healing in an area. Uh, maybe there's a circumstance in your life you'd like prayer for. Just please come to the front. As, we, as we're worshiping together, just come and we'll pray for those, those needs. If you have not received Jesus as your Savior, I never really gave you the gospel. Let me do that because I want to do it every Sunday. Jesus died for your sins. Sin has separated us from God. He may love us, but we are separated from him. And we are under his judgment because he will judge sin. Jesus came for the purpose of taking our place, being living the perfect life that we couldn't live. And then as he was on that cross, scripture says that he became sin who knew no sin. All of our sins were put on him. And he was not being punished by man. He was being punished by God. He was taking the judgment of God for us. He died for us. But he didn't stay dead. God raised him up again. And God said, if you will put your faith in him, repent from living your life, your own way, your own direction, you in charge, repent from that, and give him your life, and believe that he is God's son who died for your sins. Scripture says you will be forgiven. You will be adopted into God's family and embraced a son and daughter of God. And Christ will come into your life, dwelling in your heart by faith. And you will be walking with God in this life. And he will help you live this life. That's the good news. That's the good news. Let's stand together. I want you to close your eyes for a moment. Anybody today, you, maybe this is the first time you've heard it or you've heard it lots of times. But if you're at that place where you would say, I'm, I'm done resisting, I'm done doing my own thing. I just need Jesus. I just need Jesus. I'm, I want to give my life to him, have him in my life. Then raise your hand because I'm going to pray with anybody who raises their hand, okay? I see that. Anybody else? Okay, all right, okay. All right, I see your hands, you can put them down. I'm just gonna lead you in a prayer right where you are. You can say this with me. Dear Jesus, I'm done going my own way. I don't wanna be in charge anymore. Please forgive me for the sin in my life. I give my life to you you take it you do something with it I receive you as my savior you died for my sins and I receive you as my lord I'm going to follow you thank you for forgiving me thank you for coming into my life Thank you for loving me. Help me to walk with God. In your name I pray, Jesus. Amen. Amen. As many as received him, to them 
He gave the power, the authority to become the sons of God, the daughters of God. You're his child. If you want to talk with me after the service, come. If you want prayer for anything, you can come at this time. Pastor Zach will lead in worship, and then he can close the service also.